0: listening to the audio nowcast sponsored by api now from the nowcast network studios here's mike
1: hey welcome to the audio nowcast my name is mike rodriguez and before we get going let me introduce the guys over here on my right we've got the one and only songwriter extraordinaire Martin Payne! Yay! Thank you very much, if, Mark. Uh, I appreciate that.
2: Uh, nice to be
1: here. It's good to see you, Martin. Thank you very much. Next to him, we've got the one-out-of-lake, oh, mister Analog, one. Mr. <laughs> Digital, Mr. Mixer, yep. Engineer, all rounder
3: Just Is he Mr. Analog or Mr. Digital? No. Both. He's oh, both. Yeah, yeah, right. Mr. Analog. Just, just Mr. <laughs> <old>
1: Bobby Summer. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and across the table, we've got sound designer to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Sound Design himself, Brandon Burton. What's Yay! up? Hey, Brandon. What's happening?
4: It? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be at it. And
1: next to him, we've got another amazing, well, he's, he's an amazing organist. Bobby, stuff.
5: <laughs> what you like saying saying it? It? It's are you saying? He likes to with his organ, isn't he? That He's
1: joke's never going to get old. sound designer, great mixer, the one and only Nick Beck. Hello, everybody. Good. Hello,
3: everybody. It's good to see you all once again.
1: And right next to me, on my left, we've got, well, I don't think I have words to describe this gentleman who's next to me he's Garmy's an author. he's down. probably taught more people than i could ever count or could he count he's the go-to when we need information on anything related to audio or audio business the one and only bobby osinski Yay. Yay. Next, hey, guys. <laughs> and finally joining us via skype we've got a man who's a sound designer composer Fantastic keyboard player himself. Cross-dresser. <laughs> Can program a beat. I don't this
3: That tutu Arliss- is so fetching, Rob. And he's giving me the two-fingers of yes. The video version of the audio now, Captain. His head knowledge
1: of... Software and keyboards is just amazing. The one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbitier. Yay! Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Greetings from
3: beautiful yeah,
6: Margate, be New you. Jersey. Jersey. So, uh, New Jersey?
1: What are you doing out As there, a- brother? On the run. He's on uh, the, the run. I'm just
6: having a little bit of family time. It's uh, nice to be back here.
5: Oh, that's good. Do you know I was born in Margate, but not in New Jersey? I do know that.
6: I do know that it's kind of a different
5: market. This one is right outside of Atlantic City. Oh, I see. Very good. You we well, must have better weather than the one I have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you with us. Actually, it's great to see everybody, man. Wow, this is really awesome. I love when we get a lot it's of It's a guys full team there. tonight. I know. It is. And you know what? We're uh, we're, we're flying with we're we're flying without a net here because we've got Martin and Bobby sitting next to each uh, other. we're, we're, uh,
2: we're, we're Once, once
1: that,
2: we once that, we fondled <laughs> each other, we're over. Uh, we're fine. We're fine. We, we fine. just catch yeah. up on a good three month uh, fumble. I'm a bit bored with him now. Though,
1: huh? well, I'll tell you what we have, have done. We also have a special guest joining us. Um, Who's very
5: brave, I would say. Very brave. She's really. very brave because she's, she's very, very brave seen, for sitting next, right next what to what me. Saying. I know.
1: <laughs> we are joined by the intern that I've had this past summer, Miss Christine McConville.
7: I haven't done anything as great as you guys.
3: So thank you. <laughs> you're you've, young, still. You've, you've got again. a long time to go do awesome stuff. I know.
7: <laughs>
1: Christie's uh, an intern. She's interning with me, and she's really good. Uh, I've had her do a couple things. She's actually mixed a spot. I won't say which one, so the clients don't get mad. <laughs> but uh, no, it's really good. Uh,
7: Were where you going to school? University? I go to Ohio University. Yeah. And
1: your your major?
7: Uh, music production.
1: <laughs> so she's sitting w- in with us today, and uh, let me tell you, a good her generation, show. totally different yeah. perspective on a lot of things. I knew times were changing when... Uh, <laughs> We were playing some music, and every time there was a live drummer, she's like, mm. <laughs> I tell you what, so it's nice to have
2: somebody in that. this fucking building that's good looking, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a change. doesn't it, uh, for this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Someone's not <laughs> bald, yeah. yeah,
1: really. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she's been great. This turn is turn last, this off. Is her last yeah, week yeah. over with... Uh, over with me, and uh, it's been really great having you, and she's done a great job. So anyhow, we're moving forward. Um, I want to start the podcast on kind of a you know, a somber note. Um, yesterday, as you guys know, um, Robin Williams passed away, and he, committ- oh, right and he committed uh, suicide, and it was just – it's really sad, but it made me think um, – you know, I actually – me and Martin had a, uh, had a run-in with Robin Williams at, at the premiere of <coughs> – phenomenon yeah and that
2: was uh you remember that i do i remember that very well mike because we had a i had a song in that movie and it was a john travolta film and it was it exploded the film so we were invited to sort of go to the pre-launch and i remember you were with me when I yeah. we met him at the swimming pool and he seemed like a very nice gentleman yeah man. he was very yeah.
1: gracious and just yeah. very, really just super nice he wasn't you know he you know he, he
2: wasn't. He was he we joked with him, and he was very forthcoming, which is nice
1: for a and, and, superstar. And shy. I was just yeah. surprised how shy it was. So it was. It just made me
2: think about that yeah. when when I heard it. It's and like, me Man. when I heard about it, I thought about the time we met. Him. Yeah, yeah, did you? It was. Yeah, it, it, it was.
1: It's just a shame. I mean, you know, what a tremendous amount of talent. It's it's just a shame. And unfortunately, you know, you get creative people. Sometimes creative people, you know. You kind of live in that, in that darkness, you know, and, and you kind of.
2: It's a, it, I think also, you know, comedians. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's not the darkest, it really? Yeah, some of the darkest. We've seen that all through history, really, I think. Closely uh, followed by bass players. Yeah, I'm going to leave now. So <laughs> it's a nearby breach. Um, but uh, no, I think that comedians, you know, they have to put, they're larger than life. right? right? They, and, you know, I think anybody in the entertainment business that has to be larger than life, it's, it's risky. I think it brings home, doesn't it? He seem to have everything. He yeah. was actually involved in more pro- projects as he was working. So, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a phrase that I always couldn't understand when I first came to L.A. It said, oh, he survived success. And I thought, what are they talking about? You know, success is wonderful, but now I sort of understand what it is. You know, it's and yeah. in and a, in a Buddha, The Buddhists would always say, you know, um, you have to feel more compassion for the people that have, um, you know, gone so far because there's so much pressure on them. You know, and that's yeah. another way of looking at it. It's you, we think they've got everything, but behind that, they're probably a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, so it's sad. A, very sad.
1: It's it's yeah. It really is. Anytime you lose anybody with great talent, you're always bummed about what what we're missing you know what performances are we going to be missing you know what what um you know movie or you know anything any of that not not to mention what he he was very involved in you know a lot of charity events and he did a lot for people so it's just it's just kind of a bummer you know on the other hand if you're out there and you're feeling depressed you know reach out listen to the podcast (laughs) <laughs> you know,
2: we'll bring you down even lower.
1: There's even a lower
2: place to go. Tune <laughs> into this episodes. podcast you can go lower. <laughs> TopYourself.com <laughs> You God. didn't think we could go lower? <laughs> you you can. can.
5: We're going to play you. <laughs> you? So Look at the top oh, ten. Man. That's it.
2: We did <laughs> a, <lot, laughs> a, a lot of editing tonight. Now, uh, so, yeah. Anyway.
5: Okay well, Let's just, incorrect. Let's just move
1: right. forward Let's just move forward Well uh, It was funny about today, Tonight's podcast Because it kept on changing By people coming in And coming out So essentially What I'm saying is I got nothing
2: Oh, we got to sort of—we just got a jam. Just got a wing. going to jam. <laughs> Fair enough. We're oh, I
8: want to hear about Bobby's console then. <laughs>
4: oh, no, not again.
1: Well, <laughs> actually, he's winding me up before <laughs> before we get into this console. I do have a couple of things that I want to talk about. I went and saw some live music, and let me tell you. I love being in the studio. I love listening to you know a lot of electronic music, but there's nothing like going to see live music. And this past weekend, I went to go see Toto and Michael McDonald play live. Uh, I was out in Indio. It was amazing. Toto, those guys rock. They are so tight and they are so good at. They
8: should after forty
1: years. Yeah, together, but you know? know what? Some bands kind of lose it. And our good friend um, Steve Picaro, who has been on this podcast, yeah. he uh, he was torn with them. You know, he so had Steve Picaro and he had. But Lucother uh, was playing. Lucother was there, and you had... Uh,
5: Simon Phillips played drums? No, no. No, no they, they're
1: it's a new Keith, drummer. It's Keith Carlock. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he is so, I mean... Simon Phillips is good, but he's definitely a progressive drummer, right? Yeah. And and I don't think he ever had that same touch that. Keith lays Jeff, it
3: down, yeah. Keith! Yeah. Serious pocket. Yeah.
1: His pocket was just, oh man, you just wanted to climb in it and just be all warm and. Yeah, <laughs>
2: really. It was yeah. just so. The groove was just so amazing. Well, was, it, was it the original bass player, David Hungay? Um, yes. Yeah, he's a great player. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes it was. Great.
1: It wasn't. Um, Super the Picaro brother. It was the it was the other guy, and he, and it. Let me just tell you, it was so good. I was and I and I was sitting there, and I'm like, you know, live music is just such an amazing thing. If you are. Even remotely a fan of making music and and trying to write songs and things like that, you want inspiration. Go see somebody play live because it just it's just amazing just to see how it affects people and and just to see the well response. someone on
8: that level you're saying yeah exactly one of the problems that I have with music today is the farm team the farm system is kind of gone because when we started there were lots of places to play I I know I played seven nights a week for years and it was easy there was plenty of places all over that would actually pay you to do this what's that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now that that's gone i mean in la gee if you're lucky if you play once or twice a month
1: oh well, that's true i also noticed that there was a, a really big they had an outdoor stage which was free because this was at a casino and i looked at the lineup and it was full of tribute bands, the band that was playing that night, as soon as we got out of the Toto, and all, all, by the way, Michael McDonald was also playing, oh, and, which was really great. It was this is just a great doubleheader. Um, but Michael McDonald, you know, after we got out of the concert, out in the little uh, courtyard area was a, uh, a Billy Idol tribute band, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I looked at the at the lineup, and there's Billy Idol tribute, and there's YouTube tribute, and there's all these tribute bands, and you're looking at these, and it's like. Where's the you know the original bands? Where's the cover bands? Where's the guys that are just playing some contemporary music? You know with a you know a lead singer and uh, you know a female lead and a, and a male lead that can cover all the vocals?
8: They're and not making
3: it, enough money yeah. to
8: keep on doing. They it. They have like, to do yeah, it for the love
3: of it. Yeah. You know. Hey, I saw I saw the world's best Beatles tribute band this weekend myself. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Uh, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> what was that concert, by the way? Oh. My god, I've I've seen Paul about 5 times now over my life right. and I was psyched because I got to take my 9-year-old Julian with me and you know sort of pass on the tradition. Um I cannot believe that a 72-year-old guy can still play those songs with that level of energy and be able to you sure perform it was, you for it was three, three hours. Sure, it was uh, or... pretty, the camera was on <laughs> was pretty good. Although I was far enough away I and mean, it could have that... just been like a little robot. Yeah. It was I mean, a tribute. No. It I was unbelievable. was Was there a delay? Was there a
1: noticeable oh. delay?
3: Oh, the, the delay between the video and the sound yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> 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 I was like, you'd see Boreal, you know, like whack the snare drum and then it would be like, boom, crack. <laughs> 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 but that's okay uh, most other people didn't notice it was driving me bananas has anybody
1: summer. else this summer anybody seen any live shows anybody gone to no, any live music the Cup live well, live. <laughs> well that's, that's <laughs> live music events or anything what about you Bobby you ever go out to live shows anymore I
8: haven't in a while um, well, I gotta tell you one thing I did do kind of off the subject but sort of on it I went and I saw a movie for the first time in maybe three or four years mo- <laughs> first and, 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 but I, I bring it up for a purpose Uh, It was Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought was really good. Uh, I quite liked it. That was good. But what amazed me, and Brandon, Mm you'll especially... This is important for you, I think. I'm listening. So, (laughs) the previews ahead of the movie were a cacophony of explosions of... Sounds about right. ...unbelievably (laughs) loud assault on the senses, both visually and uh, uh, audio-wise and it it got to the point where it's like i don't think i can handle this you know thankfully the movie started which, well, uh, why, which trailers what, did you see i can't even tell you i yeah. don't remember any of them he was in shock <laughs> so I, it, they didn't do their job obviously if i can't remember but yeah. what what you guys tell me why does that happen why does that happen
4: yeah?
1: hey, you know what well go ahead and I'll give you my, my two cents.
4: <laughs> I mean it's advertising, so you gotta get people's attention. So it's like, you know, you throw every every action scene in that movie, every cool thing happening, every cool visual thing is packed into that, you know, two minutes and thirty seconds. So Great, but they're basically. all
1: explosions. Well, <laughs> two, well here's here's the thing. Number one, Guardian of the Galaxy, they're gonna be packaged with action flicks. So you're oh, gonna okay. see nothing but action flicks. You're not gonna see uh Gone you know a rom com being um you know, advertise before that, because it's all guys mainly, and they, they want all the action. The second thing is is in trailers, much like in music there's there's a trend, so sometimes trailers can kind of be the same, kind of look the same, because if one studio sees this trailer that's successful, they'll go, "Hey." We want something just like that, right, Brandon? I, I don't mean, know how like,
4: often we get that. It's like exactly we, we do an awesome V one of something, and they're like, no, make it like this other one that yeah. we just saw.
1: Yeah. Well, so.
4: well, why was the
8: level so much louder than the movie? I thought that. The- well, they
1: are the the Tasa level is like uh, eighty five. I don't. You can't go over. It's a Tasa spec. There is a spec for trailer audio i just mixed a trailer yesterday as a matter of fact and i had to pull up my tasa meter so you you it's an leq that is at 85 um and that's that's why they'll all be there but i tell you all the trailers will will just dance at the edge of that thing no one's going to be like oh we've got 85 let's go to like 70
3: you know and the boom track is what's going to be you know cruising the whole time right yeah Yeah, because
1: that doesn't affect on the leq as much as like 4K or, you know, hitting yeah. you in the, in the right, head or right. something like that. But, um... Oh, but okay. th- all of
4: that being said, you know, some trailers, even some big action and superhero movies, um, you know, it's great to have the contrast where you have, you know, a lot of times we'll have very minimal sound design like the trailer, um... Well, it's not done yet, but <laughs> we're working on something for, uh, a big uh, movie right now, but we're doing just, it's very minimal sound design. We did the similar thing in Godzilla where we had those, I know you like that trailer, Chrissy, where we had those moments where just all the big stuff dropped out and it's just a little ping, ping. That can be really powerful. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's the contrast and the counterpoint that makes it powerful. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's, you know, hit you in the face. Other times the counterpoint works really well. Mm -hmm. And Mike's right. It does come in waves, like the trends and what the clients are looking for and it goes back and forth.
6: Rob, I will... I will chime in because, uh, what is it, 16 years ago now or 17 years ago, the Godzilla trailer that I did for the, uh, for the previous Godzilla was actually the louder, loudest trailer in history and the cause of all of these meters now.
4: <laughs> That's so, right.
1: You're right.
6: I that was a good that. trailer, Rob. It was a, Yeah, but it's a terrible distinction. It was that trailer. It was the second Godzilla trailer, the one where the guy's going fishing on the pier. Yep, yep. that I believe it was the loudest trailer in history and it's the one that got the conversation going because the trailers back then were so much louder than the movie that the directors were all up in arms because the movies were playing quietly in the theater because the theater owners were turning it down because the trailers were too loud. Mm. Yep. So all of the directors were up in arms because their movies were playing too soft and that's what actually changed the rules.
1: Yeah, so now you've got the TASA T-A-S-S-A T-A-S-S-S-A spec that basically all trailers have to... Um, I don't know that. Have well, to conform to. So, like I said, and they're all going to sound as loud, as proud, and and the same thing, and and they'll all be pretty much in the same frequencies because it's about six
4: dB dynamic range.
5: Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it's just all it's all going to be. You
4: know, it, spanked. Yeah. And for those spanked. of us making, you know, sound design and music for trailers, you know, we're all pushing the volume. You know, yeah. You know? I've, I've got a music library called Trailer Trash Music, and it is just yeah. pure sounds, yeah, and exactly. music for trailers. I mean, now, you know,
5: and and I have to pack the thing so much that when you look at the audio, yeah. it's like one large bl- brick. It's like yeah. nothing, but which, by not- the way,
1: your music library is fantastic. I just want to give you another. So. It is. It's great. You're. It is. It's
5: Thank you, Really, bro. really Appreciate it.
1: good. Thank you. So. I have, to have 45 CDs now. Yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, nice. so it's it's amazing <laughs> but anyhow yeah so that's why that's why you got assaulted
5: well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that to say and, may some, I say something just uh, in in sort of connection with what Bob's Bob saying I go to places now and including restaurants with earplugs. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was at
1: the, I was at the concert and. Oh, um, concerts definitely. I but, was the only but person. But I was talking about and normal and places
5: and like, places yeah. like yeah. movie houses and now restaurants. I'm going yeah. to restaurants and I'm actually starting to put in uh, just 10 dB redu- reduced headphones yeah. because the people around me are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what happened, see?
1: Damn,
5: <laughs> what? You're, you're you can't swear like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> you say the. Obs- <laughs> no. It gets out. It gets out. It cut out. It gets cut out. It gets cut
2: out. It out. It's the truth. He's getting on. <laughs> it's so dangerous. I'm getting
1: having- on. I'm not getting on. <laughs> I'm on already. <laughs> I'm really
2: um. getting off. He's only got a few
1: years. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, oh, my so I- I'm trying to do this next segue, but I have no idea how we're going to do it. So I'm just going to totally stop.
3: And start again. And start again. <laughs> a little um, butt splice action. A, a
1: couple things. Um, now that I have Bobby and, and Martin here, I wanted to talk about because I wanted to get your spin on a few things that we actually have talked about in a couple other podcasts. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, Martin, was, um, was vinyl because you kind of reintroduced me into the vinyl listening experience and I actually I know too <laughs> no but yeah. since then I've yes. actually been looking because I want to buy I want to buy a turntable cause, wow cause I this want is a to, change I'm telling you this is a seed change this well is, it's, it's you know what it in, was
3: it's a, turntable uh, software for the iPad <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm going
1: analog I'm going all analog I good for to, you but it was really inspired when we when I went over your house and we were listening yeah, to records over your place yeah. and it was great which that inspired me to do a, a thing on vinyl, but um, talk to me because you know we had a great conversation about vinyl, yeah. and you know on the podcast and, and I missed having you there because a few things. what does vinyl mean to you and and the sound quality and the whole ritual of of listening to well, I think
2: that's it, really—a rit- a ritual, you know. I think that's that's the that's the vibe, really. I was in um, even in Book Soup, you know, uh, where it's hard to buy books these days. But on s- Sunset on the weekend, they, they've got their whole, a whole area now in, in Book Soup of rare um, reggae vinyl and um, you know John Coltrane on vinyl—all this great stuff that was from the '60s and '70s. And it is a ritual because. Um, it's uh, It's material, you feel the album you 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 click, as as we did you we, when you were at my house, you right. put it on and you hear you have to lift the arm on you have to set the turntable a certain way, and you can see in amoeba that the kids love the procedure of going through cherishing something you know not only f- I feel that the sound is amazing you know because of the uh, the low end and it was most of these records were made in the era where you didn't over compress or flatten it you know right. so you at my house, I've got a lovely pair of Tannoy's old speakers, nice. and um, you know, a nice space to, to sit back and listen to it. And it's, it's an experience; it's a ritual. You have to you finish side one, you've got to turn it over. You have to be involved with it. That's what I like about
8: it. You're Plus a, the liner notes.
2: The liner notes yeah. are wonderful, yeah. and you know, you slip and the smell. You, you, you cover you, sl- you, sl- bit, yeah. you slip the vinyl out, and you just you look at it in the light, and you say, "This is like yeah, it's a platter." You know, it's and the actual i think it's it's the feeling of a, a ritual you know you're involved in you're involved in the music much right. much more you know right. you, you have to get that record out you have to select it it's quite an amazing thought that when we were kids you know you'd only play 145 at a time so you're continually moving you know taking this and i'm going like that's going to be boring you know you can continually take a record off putting the middle in and putting it on and that's how we learned put to even play even yeah. playing you, explain, that you play put you, the you in. yeah and you kept on putting the needle back on to learn the bass parts and everything but um after you get into it again you realize that it's a um it's a wonderful ritual, and I think you get, to me personally, you get closer to the music. And, and, and going to uh, Amoeba now, I've seen the store become more <laughs> and more vinyl, vinyl. and cassettes. Yeah, they're they're yeah. now releasing albums with CDs and cassettes.
8: Th- there's actually record labels back? that Lovely. are cassette only, Love it. Yeah. believe it or not. That, yeah, That's yeah. amazing. a yeah.
2: place
1: here, right? Like, yeah.
8: There's a number of them, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'm glad you said closer to the music, because that's what I was actually getting to, because it's... You do. You get close. You yeah. get. You get involved. Involved with yeah. it. Even yeah, yeah. a little thing is is controlling the start and the stop. And, and you have play to. You know. You, you have it. to
2: work out the tones you want. A little bit of treble. A little bit yeah. of bass. So you're involved with the thing. You know. As we were when we were kids with the hi-fi Loved systems. <laughs> you, you fall in love with the music much deeper. Yeah. Christy, what do, you, what do you think of records? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: um, I think that uh, my little sister actually had to show me how to use a uh, vinyl. Like player, whatever. <laughs> record player. How my old is she? Player. She is. Uh, she was seventeen when she got That's her great. first um, record player, and I still don't do not have one. But my best friends and I, uh, I think it was spring semester my freshman year, which was just a year ago, I guess. And um, we would just sit in his room and listen to his new Subtract vinyl for hours, just replay it. And it's something like it's yeah. an experience, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it is to me as a twenty year yeah. old. That's see, that's
2: that's <coughs> so good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's
7: something that all of us like. We have a record store in Athens, which is where my college is. I actually got my boyfriend the last um, Childish Gambino because the internet vinyl in Ohio, and it was. Possibly my proudest moment. That's wonderful. <laughs> like to hear. I find that so inspiring.
2: That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. So,
7: and it's like he doesn't even have a record player. Like yeah. he's never listened to it, but it came with the script. Whatever he can yeah, hold yeah. it, and it's like it's yeah. his hero, and it's something that symbolizes his hero. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it's an experience. And see, that's that's didn't sound any
5: different to you. Out of interest, do you, do you when you play a record or you listen to a record, does it does it do you, do you hear anything different to it with
7: it? Um I think that the subtract for the subtract um record cuz my sister's record player is not very not very good okay. but um but my friend's was an audio technica it was pretty good and uh we that one was like just listening to something oh, what was it that oh never mind but it was a uh, um <laughs> It was really, really beautiful. It was almost, like See, you can There's depth in the.
2: there's depth in the tones? Yes. you know, kids can hear it. There's a. There's a whole landscape where, where you know. Recently, and I don't really knock it, but. I was, list- I was sat in a room today listening to a radio and you heard the songs that came on in the last two years and they were flat up against the wall and you knew the vocals did not come in and go out. Now, you listen to James Brown records, he's moving around the mic and his voice is in front and it's in back. So you get all this life happening to it. And um, I really noticed it today that I was listening to... That, a screen, and the, uh, the vocals were flat, you could hear everything, but everything was right in your... F- you know, no no dimension to put your hands into. And I think, like you were saying, some kids get hold of a Leb Zeppelin record, put it onto a turntable, sit back and go, oh, my God, you know, I can hear dimension in the music. I can hear, you know, the guitars over here, the voices coming forward and back and forth. But we miss this. Right. We miss that a bit. You know, it's over-compressed, yeah. over-flattened, to me. And I think it's great to hear that kids can notice that Because I started to feel sorry for kids that were born And did not know what it was like to hear You know, vinyl about no, Abbey Road I'm yeah. not exposed to it Because if you're not exposed to it You're never going to know the difference, are you? I've got a mate who's a big Depeche Mode fan Ovi And he's <clears throat> about 29
5: And he's never had a bit of vinyl in his hand Ever mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I, 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 when I was playing some vinyl I said, I only like Depeche Mode I had a 12-inch of it And I, he said, man, this is great How does it, you know, how do you He
2: said, so, you know, what do you do? You know, <laughs> He seriously said know how to play it
5: as you other, say, yeah. <laughs> it was
2: a sort of weird. I was yep. like, really? But I, I had to get started again, you know. I went and bought, like you say, an Audio Technics nice professional deck. But you had to put it together. You had to balance the arm. No. And I thought, oh, <laughs> this is a lot of work, <laughs> what you What do you know? mean? I said, yeah, I mean, and you had to read the manual. But after you did it, you were like watching the arm balance, you know. So it fell onto the vinyl just right. And you felt so proud. Yeah. And then you were... As they hit the record, yes, yeah! <laughs> we are home. Yeah. How, do you, how do you balance the arm? You oh, you arm have to get the balance with, the, b- 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 Bobby, Bobby will explain this better, but, you know, where the, where the actual uh, stylus... Equilibrium. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the stylus screws in. I gotcha. Uh, and then you have to make sure that it doesn't just crunch, fall down. So you have to look at the level, just balance. Oh, it just calibrate. We used to
8: use pennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You to <laughs> pay yes, weigh it down. Fantastic.
2: But th- there's another way of being involved in the music. Yeah. You have to work for it a bit. Yeah. Not go on to iTunes and just, you don't know what's good or bad. You just down. Downloading, you know? Christy, what do you use to listen
1: to most of your music? Um, Oh, it is.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'm usually listening to Spotify. Spotify? Yes. A lot of concerts do.
1: Are you on the free version or the paid version? Um,
7: Usually the paid version because I listen to uh, my friends. But (laughs) it's almost like Netflix.
3: My friends' paid version. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly.
7: Um, Yes, but most of my friends all. Pay for it because the ads and then... But uh, whenever I do use my own that is unpaid, it's like, I don't know, uh, the ads and stuff that come through there's more of them now Yeah, I've noticed yeah they do them in twos instead of ones now
1: <laughs> when was the last time you purchased music I'm just curious and um, there's no, and there's no we're not judging you because this is you know your technology your generation found a young person. <laughs>
2: tell
1: us what you know <laughs> um,
7: I bought Sam Smith in the Lonely Hour okay. um, it's one of the most beautiful albums I've ever heard so.
1: and was that iTunes was that- yes I bought oh. it through iTunes so, see, people are still buying. No, the- no, no, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. It's just just the record
5: it, sales turned up for the first time in many years.
2: And, a, and 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 a lot of the albums that are being mastered now, no. as we know with you know Arcade Fire and everything, they're not being hit real hard. Right. You know, they they're trying to get a little bit of the old school involved, where you can get closer to the artist. So they're not being, you know, hit quite as hard. Some of the newest albums aren't the volumes aren't battering you down.
8: Well, I know most of the mastering guys yeah. that I know that do. Mastering for both CD and vinyl releases, they always do, or they don't necessarily do it, but they always recommend to do a separate master that's, right. that's both turned down and level and is a squash hard. Yeah, more more oh, dynamic. definitely. Yeah. And some, you know, do it like, well, like Doug Sachs, if you go to him, who's the godfather of all mastering engineers, he, he does it like the old days. Still, and isn't good. it funny
5: that they're actually asking to turn it down and give me more yeah. dynamics to put it on a less dynamic medium? Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, yeah. digital has the ability, to, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, a yeah. wide dynamic range. The, right? You mm-hmm.
1: know, that's that is amazing too. I, I always think that's kind of funny because you yeah. have all the this philosophy. power, yeah. you have all this recording space, yeah. and nobody takes advantage of it. I, I, you know? I, I
5: have a, th- I mean, um, it's no no secret. I'm sure most people know this. Everybody or here does, I'm sure. But everybody thinks, and they're old. Have an old school way of thinking about new technology. Everybody thinks they must make digital as loud as possible, both internally in their systems, in DAW, you know, if, if you're in, your, in Pro Tools or whatever, Nuendo, whatever you use it, and they have like the levels really loud internally and they put it through their plugins and it's, it's pinning all the way through. But truly, it, it people do that for signal-to-noise. They used to do that in the old days yeah, for yeah, signal-to-noise right. ratio. There's good reason. Yeah. There's no reason for it now other than right. resolution, but in 24 and, and higher resolution, 24-bit, I mean, you haven't really got a problem with with, with not satisfying enough bits. Right. You
8: know, and but it's peer pressure that's making him do it. Peer pressure, or if you're doing it for a label, it, it's they and our guy that's saying... It, it certainly is. Yeah. But even so, the,
5: internally, in the, in the I see so many guys that bring sessions over to help them right. mix it or whatever, and they're just spanking the internals of yeah. the thing. I'm going... You know, turn it down, turn it down, and they're like, "No, no, but he's got to hit." I said, "You're not making any sound any better," and they'd pull it down, and yeah. they'd realize, given ten or fifteen dB of headroom inside the the plugins. Because lots of times plugins are not written well enough to report overs. Right. And they clip badly yep. internally oh, and yeah. you don't know it. Yeah. But on the back end, yeah, spank the hell out of it. Put it through all you want and make it you know, all bits high if you want. Right. But at least keep it nice and not this weird. It? You know, Rob, you
1: just mastered, right? You just went through mastering with the with the misses. How was how was that experience? Where, whereabouts were you on that? Um
6: well we uh we uh basically needed to compete with the pop radio sounds, so it was uh, you know, It had to be loud and it had to be... I mean, I still tried to retain what dynamics we could, but job one, when you're dealing with an artist that wants to compete with pop radio, it has to sound like pop radio. And um, I was able to win the argument a bit about the fact that the broadcast limiters will actually respond better if you give them something that isn't quite as hot. They'll end up making it as loud as it needs to be. Right. Um, And so we didn't end up being overly crushed, but we were dancing on that fine line between... You know
1: What is overly crushed and then pulling back a little bit? I will say too that some of the tools just in the last you know, couple of years have gotten really good. So at least if you're going to be squashing, like some of the multiband compressors out there aren't nearly as harsh as they used to be. Like, well, and I'll also say uh,
6: for this project – and I'm just looking up something here to make sure I get the facts right – so, yes, so we had to make sure that our stuff was going to compete. but what I did do uh, for the Missus Project because it was so critical is we had the luxury of we listened through a whole bunch of songs that we wanted to be able to compete with on the radio and actually tracked down the mastering engineers who had worked on them uh, and we basically settled on uh you know the song that we wanted to sound the most like and We actually got in touch with that engineer and said, look, we know our song isn't exactly like that song, but we want to go for sort of a similar overall vibe with the frequency response and stuff. And we were able to get that. Um, I, I definitely believe it's there. There are many things in life where it's better, even if you know how to do it for yourself that you don't necessarily. And for us, I mean, I've done a lot of mastering for other people. But when it came time for this Mrs. Project, where I was way too close to the music, I definitely wanted to have some outside ears, uh, take a stab at it. It was a great luxury to actually go to someone who had done work that I really loved the sound of. And in this case, I'll give him a plug. It was Tom Coyne out at uh, Sterling Sound in New York. Uh, Did an amazing job on the things that we were referencing and did an amazing job on our record, too. Although he gave me a few options, and then I then sent it around to some friends to say, okay... Well, this is primarily because I was traveling and didn't have my own speakers with me. But, you know, which of these is going to be the one that, that works? Which of these is going to sound the most balanced on the radio and, and you know, is working right? But which the radio is often a game. Even if our stuff doesn't out, end up on the radio, you have to sort of think in terms of that. Which one did you go with genre. in the end? And uh, <laughs> Rob, which it's one? tricky. Which one did you go with at the end? We actually went with the one that was not at all hyped up. He had given me more bass and less bass and stuff, and uh, I bounced it off some friends, actually anyone who who I was able to reach immediately. So I tried a few people and weren't available, but uh, uh, Bobby was super helpful. Andrew Sheps was actually very helpful. Nice. Uh, And, yeah, I mean... It was a very scary thing to be traveling right at the moment where I needed to make a final decision on a master for a release like that. Wow. I don't recommend that, but it's nice to have really... Hey, Rob, are you
2: going to release with vinyl as well? Are you doing uh, everything? Um, Potentially down the road. Right
6: now we're just releasing a single, so we're not dealing with vinyl yet. Hmm. Here's my
3: vinyl... I have one vinyl mastering question very briefly, and that is this. If you are... Recording a modern record, right? Sure. Presumably, you're doing it in Pro Tools or a Radar yeah. or a Nuendo or some digital format like that. Yeah. If you are preparing a master for vinyl, is it commonplace to master it to, you know, an analog half inch? Or are we still talking about mastering digitally? And then, if so, you know, sort of what are the ethical or moral thoughts about actually then turning that into an analog medium at the very end.
8: I just finished the third edition of the Mastering Engineer's Handbook. So I went around and talked to everybody that I had interviewed originally, which, you know, is basically the big five. You know, it's, it's uh, Bob Ludwig and, and, you know, all those guys, basically. And I asked them sort of that same question. How much do you get in on digital as compared to getting in on tape? The last time we did this, it was fifty-fifty, and now a lot of them said, oh, "Gee, we hardly ever see tape anymore." Yeah. And and Bob Ludwig, who I think still has the most business of everybody, and especially you know pure label business, he was saying it was ten to fifteen percent. And a lot of times, what they did is they get dual masters in, and then they decide, you know, right at the end, okay, which sounds better, what's going, which is going to work. But so I think. Tape is is kind of going away, even on that. Even but if they're making little.
3: if they're making a final master, a master that they're then going to press the CDs from, or they're going to you know distribute to iTunes or whatever. If they're taking that and using it to press vinyl, are they doing that off of no. half inch, no. or they're no. doing no. a yeah, no. no. master? No. Yeah,
1: you can't because you, of have the rules. Quite you have to treat it quite differently. So you have to
3: mix differently. You have to especially make it sound the,
1: different, especially with bass. It's bass is it's really important that it because gets- of
5: a record. The, the physics of the record, as you must probably know, is look, like a V groove, correct? So that, that you know, if you have stereo content in low frequencies, it, it, it makes the needle unable to play. It tries to go two directions, so you have to make more mono. Make mono lower frequencies, like the eighty hertz, hundred and twenty up. You have to make that more mono for, so for that's, vinyl.
3: That's not even on a mixing, or that's not even on a mastering end. That's on a mixing end. So well, if you were mixing no, no, you can do it in master- mastering. You can it do is. it in mastering, but mm-hmm.
5: if you're mixing, it certainly, you know. Easier. They used
8: to have a special EQ for that, called the elliptical EQ, yep. that would automatically take all those low frequencies and, and shut it to the middle. Uh,
5: I do that I still, though, for digital. Just, but I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm most, I mean, eighty hertz. I like to mono it and make it down the center yeah. and spank you in the head in the middle. You know, Rob, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say
6: we've actually done a few projects out of my studio that were going to vinyl and digital, and for most of them, it was the same mix for both, and just separate mastering. But on one of them, we actually did a separate mix uh, for digital and for vinyl because for the digital version, they actually wanted a wide stereo phasy base, like low frequency, and you just simply can't do that with vinyl. So we actually did a mix that was specifically to be used for the vinyl mastering and another mix to be used for the uh, digital mastering. But most of the time, one digital mix uh, will satisfy both. But vinyl, talk about a, a field where you need someone with experience. I mean, mastering for vinyl is not something you don't – it's like uh, your LASIK surgeon. You don't want to hear it's their first time and you don't want to <laughs> see them holding the instruction manual.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. We're going to take a break on that wise piece of advice from Rob. And when we come back, we're going to talk about creativity. But we're going to come from a totally unique perspective. And it was this whole, this whole topic – is directly related to an incident that happened this week that i got to tell you guys about. So uh, we will see you on the other side.
3: You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on
5: the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at
7: nowcastnetwork.com.
1: Welcome back to Yachting Outcasts. And before the break, we were talking about all kinds of stuff, vinyl and all kinds of stuff. But um, so I had this incident that happened and uh, and I kind of teased it before and and I, I want to talk to you guys about it. Um, I had a friend of mine who was under a tight deadline and decided to partner up with another friend of mine and I will not name names because I know they listen, but
2: they know who they, they are. They
1: had a project it. that they had to finish and it was pretty substantial. A lot of money on the line. And the one guy brought in another friends to do it and they missed their deadline because they could not work together. And the creativity of just that one guy just got totally collapsed. Just he just I was talking to him later and he was just really bummed because he thought he could work with that person. He thought it would work out, but what ended up happening is is he just could not be creative with that person. And it got me thinking about creativity and people and how people affect your creativity because there's some people that Affect your creativity in a very positive way. I'll give you a really good example. I'm going to use Martin. I'm going to use you as uh, as an example. Uh, Martin, I know you bounce a lot of things off Diane, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, his manager, and really helps you in your creativity. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it really that's like that that, that trusted person that you will go yeah. to, and and she'll you know give you her her. Mind opinion. you, you're very very
2: lucky if you find someone like that. You right. Know? Uh, I I've been Diane's been my manager for over thirty years, so. You know, and it's hard for a songwriter to open up and, and trust anybody. You know, particularly uh, I had a great partner in the first band I was in, but it, it's a really elusive thing. You know, I was very. It takes a while until you go, I trust this person, right. and uh, and it's rare. I think it's rare. Most people. I, so I'm doing a talk tomorrow night at uh, Musicians Union to songwriters, and you realise that the, one of the things you want to impart is that you need to have, you need to be brave to play your music to other people right and it's very you're very fortunate if you find somebody who you go you know what they've got their po- they've got their finger on what i'm doing that's the hardest thing because a lot of people just want to say the right thing don't they they just want to go it sounds great to me or that's crap so it's you've got to it's very rare to find the right person and and see she affects your creativity in a very positive way mm. and then you have other people that can like bobby with me you. bobby's very negative <laughs>
5: yeah
2: everything i play bobby's <laughs> hated yeah I get, <laughs> it's dark oh, bobby. But, that's, that's awful but <laughs> here's the thing
1: in the situation too loud. <laughs> My other friend who got hired in <laughs> as the hired gun, you know I think he kind of failed the situation because he didn't realize kind of his place in the whole thing, and he didn't help foster the creativity and and I look at not just this combination that kind of failed at what they had to do and they, they failed big time as in losing the gig and somebody else coming in to save the day, but you know it's amazing how people need to check themselves and see where they are, especially when you collaborate, but just in every day. And and when you're in our business where you work with people and you work with producers and you work with with directors and you work with other musicians, your people skills have to be on the ball. Absolutely. Well, well, wait,
8: I, I don't think I understand. So the guy that was hired in, the right. friend that was hired in, right. he didn't live up to his... What was expected, in, 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 in well, and, and is that because he was waiting for direction? He didn't want no. too much of himself I, into it.
1: You know what it was? He was given his opinion.
8: Oh, when that's When he worse. shouldn't yeah. have been given. <laughs> yeah, opinion.
1: much worse. Which the the lead guy was was consequently spending a lot of time and these little mini battles when it shouldn't be that way. And, and I, I can't really say much more cause they will figure it out. They probably already figured it out, but, but I will say that it just got me thinking about people and people skills. And man, i tell you, I know people who, who have lost jobs and lost gigs because of their people skills, because their lack of people skills, Rob, I just, I mean, I'll chime in
6: on this cause I've actually been lucky enough to be in a, what is it, a 24-year creative relationship, you know, with my partner in Noisy Neighbors Productions. And uh, we worked together with Stevie before that. Um, And the key, when creative people get together and work, creativity is 100% in my mind about having the space to be creative. Whether you create that space for yourself or you're working with a partner who creates it, but creativity requires space. And a lot of times a creative relationship works if one person's creative and everybody else is sort of support personnel because those support personnel help provide the creative space for the one creative person. But if you have multiple creative people working together, the most important thing is to give each other the space. And if someone is on a creative role, the best thing you can do is stand back for a second and let them complete their thought, complete whatever it is they're working on. Uh, Gary and I have been very successful at this for decades because we understood that from day one. Um, It's helpful if, if if the thing you're creative about doesn't overlap much, like in our case, he's a mixer and I'm the musician. uh, And so we weren't, wouldn't be fighting for the same keyboard or the same knob to turn or anything like that. But even if we were like, I've, I've written with other songwriters. If someone, if you're working with another writer and they seem to be going down a path, sit back for a second and see where that leads them. You know, you can always chime in later, but it's it has to be this interplay, this give and take. And I've seen it fail miserably, too, with other people where you have either two strong personalities that don't know how to listen to each other or just couldn't create that space for each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, the failures are where you can really learn a lot. Like, Bobby, I know you've worked with a lot of different artists. Have you ever had any just colossal failures where you couldn't work with somebody
5: or uh, no I, i'm luckily haven't but i have seen it a lot i think boardside manner is what it was called it right. was called back or bedside manners yeah. for doctors but basically knowing your position as a producer in my case or engineer sometimes or whatever sometimes the artist just looks at you and wants a yes or they just want a second verse or they may want a drum fill or they may want nothing right and you just got to really sense be sensitive intuitively understand anybody who's being creative uh in the room to 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 be you know it's it's kind of like it's like being a being in a intimate relationship with somebody you know i mean in the room because when you come up with ideas you're really burying your soul you know you're really going what do you think of this for a verse you know when when the when the singer sings down and starts playing chords on the guitar and they're singing the first thing i haven't quite got the lyrics but it goes "Ah, uh and they're saying those words for the first time it's really raw it's really you know it's this thing so you have to be sensitive to that and and not you know even if it is crap right at the first time
2: i think what bobby's saying and what robby said rob says is real real important that you you usually want to ha- fi- work with people that have strengths in different areas you know when i first came into town everybody threw me towards lyricists because i was doing a lot of stuff on the music so uh, you know usually a good a good collaboration is you know people that do different things that all come to the party and have strengths in different areas usually that works out pretty good you might have a really good singer you know, one guy who likes to do the words, right. and one guy who will be finding the rhythms. I mean, great collaborations are usually made up of people that have strengths in. Various different chapters of what you're doing. There. Well, you and yeah. Bernie, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, because really I was published. always put with lyric- lyricists, and so it made my job easy. You know, I thought they they expected me to do the music and they expected the words. Bernie Taupin, yeah. <laughs> and it, I think oh, that's, that Bernie. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's even publishers in those days were thinking how to pe- put people together. You know, you don't really want. It was put, a skill to that. It thing. was a skill to that, and I think you know it's the same as we were talking. Bobby and I still play soccer, but you think about a team. You know, right. you're putting it together. Who plays defence? Who plays midfield? who's going to score the goal. So it's a matter of picking the right ingredients. No one in their taste. You know, yeah, <laughs> we've never done that. But <laughs> it's ingredients, and I think great collaborations. You know, if you probably studied uh, the, why your friend's collaboration didn't work, you might have had some characters that are hitting at the front trying uh, to try and do the same thing. Ego well, is the
5: biggest thing.
1: Yeah, well, I think just, ego is yeah. that. I think I think not being able to read the room, right? I mean, you just need to be able to read the room. I'll give you a great example. When I first started... Um, working in post production, I was doing a series um, biography. Remember the biography? Yeah. Where, where they actually would talk about you know famous people, George Washington, things like that. Well, Peter Graves was the first um, narrator for that, and I did a session with Peter Graves. Um, it was like one of my first sessions, and I was sitting there, and the the producer they have different producers for each piece. It's not the same guy for every single one, and this guy was a producer, had never worked with Peter before. And so he's directing the VO talent. And we're sitting there and I'm recording. And he tries to give Peter Graves a read. You don't give Peter I Graves know, a read. Yeah. You, you don't. He's And, and he even – more than mm. once he goes y- you don't have to you don't have to give me a read i'll, I'll do it why because you hire peter graves to do for how peter yeah. graves reads that's mm. that's it he's not going to sound like anything else and and this guy kept trying to give him a read and he kept on getting more and more angry and and it just it was just it was angry narration <laughs> you know i think just, we've all seen that in the <laughs> studio haven't we you know, we, oh, you know
2: we, if you go in the studio uh, and you've got a Somebody. A producer who's talking to a singer the wrong way, you know, you you just know the, the air changes. changes. Ex- exactly. The air changes, the atmosphere changes. And, but the
1: yeah. thing was, is the producer, he couldn't read that. He, yeah. he could not read that. Right. Hey, this guy's getting angry. Maybe I should just shut up and just let him go. Yeah. You know, I've worked with other producers that they get in there. It might be a different actor or somebody. And, oh, I know Bruno, Bruno Kirby. I don't know if you guys know who oh, he was, yeah. right? Yeah. <coughs> actor. Great voice. He was doing. As actually it was for another biography. Um, And the producer brought him in, nicest guy in the world. He starts reading. There was probably maybe – maybe four notes the whole session and this is for an hour-long program because he just read it and and the producer knew what he was going to get from Bruno and and at the end Bruno came out is that it is that all and it's like yeah it's great you know and it was just it was just went so smooth experience yeah it was both just, sides of the glass it was just amazing and it I, I can't stress that enough especially we have a lot of students that listen to this you know you're gonna learn your technical skills and you're gonna learn all your you know all all the numbers and all the gear but really what you need to learn is you need to learn your people skills because the people skills are what is going to keep you employed why because you're only going to hire people you want to work with
3: right i got to jump i got to jump in on this um you know having worked in the video game industry for so many years now um cannot tell you the number of times in which i have been in a you know a, a production meeting of some sort and there's an hour and you've got to get figured out what it is that this problem is that you're going to solve or you're picking the dialogue or you're picking the music or whatever it is that it's going to be. And you've got the creative director in there and you've got the audio director in there and you might have a couple of executives in there and then, you know, you might have the game designer in there and then you might have two or three kids that are right out of school and, you know, God love you because we all were in school once and we all had our first jobs and all of that kind of thing. But when they get in there and they start talking... As if they are equal in stature to the other people that are trying to get the work done, and the hour goes by, and all the money that was spent for the salaries or you know of the people that were in that room, and you don't get the thing accomplished because there were people that just kept yapping and yapping and yapping and completely dissolved you know any, any focus or any movement forward towards completing the thing right that's bad now, that's bad.
1: Brandon you. <laughs> yes work with a lot of different producers. <clears throat> yes, and, I do. And a lot of different editors. I mean – and you're really good at reading the room. I can tell because I've – the few times I've interrupted you. <laughs> you know, you have really good – you establish these creative partnerships. But how do you do it? How do you keep it? Because you have to be really creative coming up with new audio soundscapes and audio sounds and things like that.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a whole nother language you have to learn because you – I mean – my job as a, you know audio editor or you know, sound designer is to do that. But you also have to get the input from the producer and not only listen to what he's saying and telling you to do but also know what you think is right for the project and try to mesh those together to give him what he's asking for even though maybe what he's asking for you know is maybe not quite right for what you're doing. So it's an interpretation of what they're doing and you want to still give them something that says, hey, yeah, this is what I'm looking for but it's what you know works. What's the uh,
1: craziest direction you've ever gotten in their sound design? I don't know. Or is there... Did everybody, anybody ever said make the sound more blue? I always say
5: that. No, we, used have, we used to have producer channels all the time. In, in fair disclosure, I can say it now because it's long gone. But as you remember, all the old automated concerts, they have moving sliders. Right, right, right. used to get in there and, and it used to be always like, a playback at you know, 11 o'clock in the morning it's like oh and you be, you be up till 3 o'clock in the morning mixing and they come in there and they're like I really like it and always it's like no the voice, the voice is too soft you're like really the voice is soft okay then we can turn up but no no do you want to ride it and they're like okay here you go it's in right C- carry on meanwhile the vocals way down there. <laughs> yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. Then they're going like this like, That's give awesome. about now we're looking a bit like this going lunch okay <laughs> great much better let's have a look at that back the slide needs to move back and they go yeah it's great and then and the guy was walking, so, told you so and walk out like I think go go ahead. Mike what yeah. we get all the time sorry. is,
4: uh, is <laughs> the direction tried. is make it big and eventy you know eventy is the word it needs to feel like an event <laughs> <laughs> <Make> <laughs> It's eventy it's become like a verb
0: and we get that all the
4: time we get we want something that's you know, never been heard before, but instantly recognizable. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Never been <laughs> we want you know, campaign defining. Uh, you know, never been heard sounds. You know, it's yeah.
1: But uh, you know what? E- even this, this is you know, it's all part of the people skills because you got to know how to you know. Know what they want exactly. You got to know how to take that information and give them something
5: that's give going them what to they sound. want, not what they ask for. Yeah, and and that's basically right.
1: And then some. It's like that's the most critical skill I think as as a person working in audio is being able to to work with people and to manage people and manage mm. egos and manage what's happening. Unless you're just so dang good that you're the one that they have to worry about.
8: <laughs> I, I have a very embarrassing story about that um <laughs> i was hired to mix a it wasn't a single it was an extra song they needed on an album and it had to be done we started like at five o'clock and it had to be done by the next day 5 p.m we started and uh we started to get into it and i realized there were some samples that weren't there now the artist was with me and I, and there were some samples and we couldn't track them down they weren't supplied with the master tape. They were triggered, obviously, and we just didn't know where they came from. And this artist insisted that we, we couldn't go on until we had these samples. And he just badgered me and badgered me and badgered me and became more obnoxious and more obnoxious. I pushed away from the console. And I said, we're done. Sorry. Do it yourself. Goodbye. And I left. I'm embarrassed till this day about that. That I I handled it so badly. I mean, it, there was nothing negative because I'd done a lot of work for the record label and they they cut me some slack. But it was it was very. I'm embarrassed just talking about it. But well, it that's was something an impossible situation. Yeah. Yeah. Though, it but yeah. was, but it, it's still like. Definitely could have handled it better, and, and I learned from yeah. that, and I did handle it better afterwards. But you get burnt like out. I mean, I I can't. Um, I haven't done that, but I've
5: been. In, we've all been in situations where you work for days and days and days and months in a row. You know, just like literally twelve, fifteen, seventeen hours. That's like a short day nearly, right? And then everybody expects you to be on top of your game, and and you know, just drinking coffee and not eating much, yeah. and they expect you to be as nice as pie. It's very hard, yeah. especially when there's lots of times when people. You know being a producer or a mixing engineer, or an engineer or a studio person working with the artist is often being a midwife because they 're giving yeah. birth and they 've got their legs in the bloody air and, and out, you know then they 're changing their mind and it 's you tough. know you may be embarrassed, but that that 's gutsy though i mean that 's basically letting
1: people know you 've reached a point because i mean i've always wanted to do that <laughs> i've never <laughs> have but man i can tell you that it, there's my some personality lens.
8: is not such that that would happen easily right that's exactly what that's, that's what i'm yeah, saying exactly. you know, i know mean
1: you must have been you know wow i can only imagine what someone had to do to push you for you to react
8: that way uh, but uh, again i definitely could have handled it better and and i learned from it but it I'm embarrassed just to talk about it now, but I think it's worth repeating yeah, to get you know, it for out those there. of you listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's funny, uh, Rob.
6: Did you want to say something? I have an embarrassing one that has nothing to do with people skills, but this one's pretty good. It was uh, <laughs> we were handed something to mix in the evening, uh, and uh, this was a long time ago. And it was when there would be multiple songs on a master tape and we mixed the wrong song Ooh. stayed up all night
8: the wrong version or the next song the wrong the wrong version or the wrong song no it was
6: the wrong song oh. they had said like mix the fifth song on the master and we counted wrong and mixed the fourth song or whatever oh. <laughs> and so they all come in for playback the next day that was a little embarrassing.
5: Oh. Oh. Do they like the mix, though? <laughs> um. I
1: will say this. They had nothing to say about the mix. Well, I will say, you know, just learn people skills. And, and you just, you just got to know how to read the room. And, and,
5: and I think Bobby brought up a great point. Learn when to so – I'm just not learning now. But learn when not to talk. Learn when to listen yeah. and learn when to let people go. As Rob said, a good point. Everybody's had great points, but let people go through their idea. And even if you know it's a complete pile of shite, yeah. let them go down there and let them get it out of the way because you do sometimes, most times, learn something as well. You think mm-hmm. this is not going to work and you let them go and then it does work and you go, wow, that's actually quite brilliant. And, so, and you, you know, the thing us, that,
1: that really sucks about this whole thing is a lot of times – well, everybody here – We all have to be creative at the same time that this is all going on, you know? (laughs) I'll tell you something that I had to really rethink, really, how to mix. I'm working on a couple animated series, and the producer that I'm working with, who's amazing, she's really great, she does not like reverb, right? Well, reverbs, as a mixer, that's your main tool to get space, distance, you know. I mean it basically puts whatever character you need in whatever space you're going to be in. So <laughs> it's really difficult. When they're in a cavern. <laughs> Does she mind delay? <laughs> to, Does she
5: mind to, delay?
2: Because a lot, um, lot of artists sit um, down like reverb to quite dig delay.
1: Anything that that takes you that takes away like if you if you can hear the delay, she won't like it. If you can hear the reverb she won't like it. And so we kind of had a little talk when I was mixing the first one and essentially we we kind of came to the conclusion that these animated series that I'm mixing are like animated comic books. So what I do with the dialogue is I think the dialogue, instead of being in a true space type of a situation, that the dialogue is actually in like a little a, bubble, a little yeah. bubble yeah, like on comic books, yeah. which is – guess what? It's a little bit out front. Yeah. It's a little bit – Out there. It's not really in that space. And once I kind of grabbed a hold of that whole concept, it kind of made it easy to then. Be creative and go along with with her wishes. But see, that's a situation. But when Mm. they're thinking in a bubble, it
2: echoes, doesn't it?
5: It does, really. It it does wind around a bit.
2: I'm thinking of doing this. (laughs) i to (laughs)
5: work a model right now. They've just done an IR (laughs) for bubbles.
2: Yeah, think you could
5: think (laughs) with echo.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bubble plugin. Come on, on, man. Because when it pops.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a good topic we should discuss one day,
1: IRs. We haven't, have we? No. Mm. No, I'm waiting for Diego to come in because he has that whole um, convolution series. Which is brilliant.
5: It's brilliant!
1: Brilliant. That's a little side channel. Anyhow, but see, a situation like that where you kind of get together with your client and you kind of come to a place for you to kind of put yourself so you can be creative. Because All in all, this all relates to creativity and and how to work. And that's why I think someone like Martin, who works by himself... (laughs) (laughs) I was forced to, mate, and I like to walk
2: with
1: me. (laughs) Terrible. I was disliked greatly. What was uh, was one of your best collaborations that you've done?
2: Best? God, that's a hard question because I've done it such a long time. But um, there there are three people that that I always think of as the best collaborations because I learned a lot from them was Bernie Taupin because right. he was the lyrics and Robbie Robertson on his, uh, when he was doing his solo record because of his um, diligence uh, of pursuing an idea and Maurice White with Wind and Fire I just felt like I had a perfect triangle and of... not Bob Summerfield with his, uh, no Who's he? I don't know <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean those were great collaborations because I felt like what I was given right. they wanted and what I was getting back was a great education and uh, we laughed a lot, there was a lot of humour that's one thing we don't mention a lot is people like to laugh when they work you know even though it's serious you've got to break the air a little bit you know everybody. I found that when I worked with so many people um, Bob stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my peripheral vision is still good um, no but I, I felt like um, humour was a great way of you know making uh, Tough situations, yeah. usually, they would even into a good space. you know. But yeah. a, a lot of what everybody's saying here, I think you have to, as a creative person, you have to walk the middle ground a little bit. You have to be able to you know, be decisive, but also bend with the wind a little bit. You have, just have to be able to cruise right. through in the middle space. But those are the three people I can't talk enough about because I think I got my best education from those. That's awesome.
1: Anybody have any positive experience with working with somebody, collaborating?
8: <clears throat> I, I'll tell you what I do hate. Working with an artist especially, uh, and, and this is not positive, but you guys tell me about this. If you, I'm sure everybody experienced something like this, where you get somebody that's so creative that they have so many ideas that they just make it different and they don't make it better. Yeah. yeah. And and, and, and oh, oh let's do a reggae version. Oh, let's do the oh, yeah. yeah. and and you're going around in a big yeah. circle and it doesn't get better, it just gets different. That makes me crazy.
1: I can see that. I definitely can see that, because you it's like uh, turns into hobo stew, right? You throw a lot of stuff in there and it's just one gray.
5: yeah, it's, a, it's ugly.
1: Anyhow, well, all this to say, you know we've told all these stories, people skills, you know as we you know, I wanted to talk about people skills because it affects everything that you, that you're going to do in your career. And let me tell you, once you get labeled that guy, People absolutely will be talking about you and people will be trying to figure out ways to not work with you. I've seen it happen over and over and over, right? So if people are leaving your session or are leaving you know, the time with you with a frown on their face, do know that you're not doing it right. You know?
3: They need to be. Bobby, I have a question for you so let 's go back just a moment to you know the the story in which you were so embarrassed because you stormed out of there now, with your wisdom and you know, with two thousand and twenty hindsight and all of that, tell us what you would have done differently. How would you have salvaged that situation to the best of your ability? Well, the guy
8: was somewhat abusive, which was the the problem He, he became very prob- problematic in, in that he was he was becoming abusive. Uh, but I probably would have used humor or something to calm him down or, or basically say uh, put the onus on him. It's like I can't find these samples. I don't know where they're at. Uh, you were here when it was first done. Maybe you can find them. You know, and, and which I probably should. Maybe I did do that, and it didn't. It didn't respond. But I would probably sometimes. It, so you know, sometimes
2: yeah. you know, you have to have an engineer get up and say, "Hey, you know, you're just driving me crazy." I've had that when I'm mixing. You know, yeah. people have said, "Give me a break. This is too." You know, I don't. I don't hear what you're hearing. No. I've heard enough of the demo. So you know, I don't think what you did was abs- It could have been a lot of it. it. should for a good guy. It might have turned him around and thought, "Oh God, I'm I'm, I'm losing my engineer. I've got to calm him down." If he was being abusive. That's pretty yeah, heavy, it's pretty tough. You know, no. I mean, it being a, in a music studio, it's to be abusive. You know, yeah. you have to be taught a lesson, really. Yeah.
1: You know, I do want to mention this thing too before we go. You got to, when you read the room, do not mistake a client that knows what they want for a client that's a pain in the butt because they're the client and they know what they want. So, like, they if you're do. a sound designer or a failed, mixer, yeah, what they're after.
2: They yeah. they've
1: yeah. been living with this. They know where they're trying to go, and and. A good example is um, there was a producer that uh, at another place where I worked, nobody wanted to work with her because she was – oh, she was just impossible and she was just the worst and and just a horrible human being. Well, I got to work with her and she wasn't any of those things and actually she ends up being a really good friend of mine to this day. What was she? A, she she was intense. B, she knew what she wanted. It's like she could hear it. Could she
8: express it though?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, that's just it. Absolutely. But – she wasn't going to coddle you if she didn't like it. Yeah. She'd tell you right then and there, no, I don't like it. Because they're paying by the hour. So they don't have any time to, you know, wrap it in all these flowery, you know, good job or whatever. No, it's like, oh, that's no, much preferable as like
8: somebody that can't make right? a yeah. plan.
1: Exactly. So I ended up actually liking to work with her because I'll tell you what, when you're done with the mix and when you're, you, when you're working with a person like that, you know that it's it's good. Because they will not let it out. They will not let it on air unless it's good. So don't be afraid of those tough clients because sometimes they know what they want and and you just have to read it and, and if they like Phil
2: Spector with a gun. You shouldn't argue. You should just yeah. do <laughs> <Just to> the <admit, laughs> No I you agree. I mean? Yeah. You know. Know.
1: Rob, you were gonna say
6: something? Uh no not in particular. But uh-huh. I will I'll just chime in that, you know, I've had My career has been through a lot of different facets in a lot of different industries, and the key to everything I have ever done has been learning to read the room early on. I mean, even from the the earliest days with Stevie, I mean, one of the first experiences I ever had with Stevie happened to be him in the room with just so many luminaries. It's like Ray Charles and Herbie Hancock and Prince and all these people. And I was smart enough to just stand in the corner and say, I'm just going to learn here. There is nothing I can say to any of these people that's going to improve anything they're about to do so i'm just going to shut up and stand in the corner and shut up and stand in
1: the corner has been the best advice i've ever given to myself <laughs> <for> <laughs> many, 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 years. well that's awesome well i'll tell you what we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up but like i said i wanted to talk about people skills and i wanted just to point out to people that you know learn how to read the room learn where, you, like nick said you gotta learn where your place is if you're an intern don't say anything, you know, unless you're asked.
7: Right? What was the first so thing we talked about? Literally don't say anything. And, and, she's, and Christy, you've sat in
1: a couple of approval sessions and things like that, and and she's done they a really good They ask
7: for your opinion, say good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I That's
7: think, all you need to I think know. <laughs> I have
6: actually set an intern on fire with a glare, like with a stare that was that intense, <laughs> when they've said something they shouldn't. I think I've actually caused flames to come out of people. Yeah. Gosh. I mean... Well, that's a very good skill to learn not to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's literally the first thing that I tell any intern that comes with me. So that was the first thing, right? That was the first yeah. thing we talked about. I was like, "Okay, here's the rules, and if you don't follow the rules, you're not going to stay in any of the approvals and stuff." And and she did a great job. And Colin, who's running the board, by the way, it's good to have Colin back. Yes, um, yeah. you know, he was the same way with him. You know, and it's just you just you just know your place. It'll get there. Things I'm, will come. In the music studio, we
5: see, always tell the assistants. Don't tap, don't tap. you be yeah, yeah, right. you we track it rolling. Okay, great. The bedside phone is going. Yeah. going to do that, please,
6: yeah. Rob. <laughs> I I will add one other little angle to that. If you're in a situation, there are a lot of directors and producers and stuff who, if you are the intern and you're just hanging in the corner, at what, at some point in the process, they may actually ask your opinion in a way that it's clear that they really, really want to know what you think. You know, maybe you're a different generation than everybody else in there, or whatever. Make sure you are always paying attention. Uh, Scott has told me stories about working with Oliver Stone in the past, which I'm sure he wouldn't mind sharing. But like Oliver Stone will often ask people their opinion in a mix. You know, after a long time of not asking, he'll just ask, so what do you think of this or what do you think of that? If you haven't been paying attention and you can't render an opinion, that's when you'll be tossed. I mean, (laughs) if you're there, you need to be... On the ride with everybody else who's there. You're there to learn. You're there to pay attention. Never let it become obvious that you haven't been paying attention.
2: Unless you just did pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or learn the phrase, I like the energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, right. right? You can. what do you think? I like the energy. Right. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Really Why didn't you tell me that in the beginning? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Learning to like, learn. that should be another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. To learn. Yeah. On the flip side of all this Just... <laughs> You look <laughs> great. All right, well hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, but um it's good to see you guys, man. It was great. It was good to have a uh, podcast. This is like a
2: Christmas, isn't it? It's like we're all together. So it is. It's, it's, What's it's, the it's reason good. for this? How did you get us all in it? Is...
3: I, I lied. Oh. I <laughs> <laughs> lied. That's what does it. Um, the dancing girls are not really coming <laughs> out <to> the <laughs> podcast. Crap.
1: You know, we'll get a little more tech and we'll talk some gear maybe on the next one because I do want to mention a few things that I, that I picked up. Um, <laughs> dehumanizer <laughs> is an amazing – if you're a sound designer, go get – Dehumanizer, it's an amazing plugin. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Just Google Dehumanizer; it is amazing, especially for monster sounds and things like that. You just really, you go,
4: yeah. Why haven't you mentioned this I, to me? Because
1: I just found it, and <laughs> yeah, apparently it's a big like a deal. Thing. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, because it's it it's going to literally save me. Hours and hours of work and I cannot say enough. It's a little funky. It's not a plug-in. It's kind of a standalone and you got to either rewire it in um, or you have to set up a a Pro Tools um, aggregate IO and do all that. But having said that, it's pretty amazing. The other thing too that um, is – I've been using Waverider and I don't know if you guys use that but that is my – It's my secret little friend. I mean it just cuts an amazing amount of time off my mixing. And so I just – I have to plug those two things. Anyway, before we go, um, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page. And we're almost close to 500 Facebook likes and I got to tell you a story. (laughs) You know it's a digital generation where I, I mentioned to Christy, hey, um." You know I'm, I'm really trying to get some likes out there, and she goes in there and starts typing on a computer, next thing. 35 new mm-hmm. likes like that.
2: <laughs>
7: Fike! 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 Shout Not out real. to 80 Pie sorority no Z chapter.
4: <laughs> I'm sure they're listening.
7: Oh, so of course.
1: If, you, if you look at all the likes, you see all these twenty-year-old girls. It's all it's all Christy. It's all right. can come we on. take it. I thought that was hilarious. But we're close to five hundred, so I'm thinking, come on, we can do five hundred. We can do 500 likes. How five narrow we? We're like, we're we're at like 485. Mm. I'll tell you exactly. We so may be up to, four, we'll get to 500 competitive
8: before now. the And I will get you another 500 mm. in. That Look fest. at that. Really? Yeah. Yes.
7: Look at that. All right. Yeah. Wow. We can do this.
1: We can <laughs> do this. I, and I usually haven't, you know, we don't hype it up that much, but I'm thinking, why not? So here we go. Actually, we're at 479. What do so you re-
5: result
3: in? Nothing. Okay. Just but having said that <laughs> It just that, feels good to be live. Colin, <laughs> Colin
1: is uh Colin's working on he's gonna be working with me on a new uh design for our website, so that's gonna be ah. awesome. After eight years, we're gonna have a website. Because right now we have like the most generic of generic <laughs> Old uh, school mate, I'll yeah. Robert volunteer yeah.
5: about my website. <laughs> when <are> we able-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, has its moments. It has, but so that'll be coming. But um, the other thing too is you guys should check out our, our Facebook page. Um, we have a cool little conversation going on. Uh, by the way, that I, I want to give a shout out to um, Robert Weber who was talking about compression. Um, and maybe when Andrew comes, I, I actually got an email from him today. He wanted to come tonight, but he's working on some stuff. But when he comes and joins us. You know, there's a documentary where they were talking about compression and lossy com- um, codec compression versus um, dynamic compression, and they use dynamic compression as an example of lossy codec compression where it's not. And so, there's a really cool little thread that's on there that it's actually a link to um, Andrew's Google talk that he did on uh, lossy, you know, codec compression. So it's really kind of interesting. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. So before we go, anybody working on anything uh, fun and exciting, Bobby?
8: I'm working on a new coaching course, uh, 101 Mixing Tricks. Nice. Big Studio Tricks for the Small Studio. Nice. It'll be out in mid-September.
3: Nick, how about yourself? Well, uh, the Disney stuff as always. Uh, the coolest thing that I've done lately, though, um, started from a not-so-cool thing. I lost my mom um, in May. And so as I was getting ready for her memorial, she was really a child of the 60s and a phenomenal political activist. And so um, I went. I had a little bit of spare time, and so I, you know, put up my ribbon mics uh, on the piano and and laid down "Let It Be" in the long and winding road, and uh, used them to, to, you know, use my hope my new mixing system to to you Mike, know, mix Mike them. Mike showed me a I, po- I posted that. I Thank posted it on our Facebook page. Thank
1: you. That's uh, great. The one that we that. did great. Great. when I was, it was over was your great. studio. That's
3: all, Well, if anyone wants to hear them, they're up on my website, www.underthebigtree.com. com. So right on the uh, right on the homepage there, you can find the links to uh, those tunes find. that I just laid down
4: surely is a labor of love for my mom's memory. That's
2: awesome. Good stuff.
4: Brandon, how about yourself? Well, my music library Synchronic. We just uh, redid our website, so we've got a nice, fresh-looking website. And I've got a good WordPress template if you want to borrow it, Mike. (laughs) Uh, Talk to (laughs) Colin. Talk to (laughs) Colin. All right. Uh, We're just releasing two new collections, uh, two new sound design collections, and uh, we have a new uh, trailer music collection coming out shortly. Um, And then with Trailer Park, we've got couple superhero movies i can't talk about and then (laughs) we're working on interstellar and we're working on uh what else uh jurassic world as well so awesome yeah a few things going on busy man
6: rob yes well uh let me see so last time i think i said that the misses, you know the band i've been working with in austin i think i was saying they were about to launch and now they have officially launched and you actually asked about attending uh, live music performances, and a couple of weeks ago I actually produced a live music performance because they debuted at a big convention in San Jose, and uh, it was a huge success, and the Misses are now public to the world, so uh, enoughsong.com is their website, that's enoughsong.com, and there you can see this uh, amazing video they did and hear some of the music and learn a bit about them, but it's an ongoing project that's going to be growing and growing and building, but it's nice to have it. Out of the Nest.
1: So that, is that Enough video that, uh, that's, that's posted there?
6: Yeah, that's there at enoughsong.com. That's as awesome. As well as the behind-the-scenes video and a bunch of other stuff.
1: That's a great video. I recommend people go in there, checking it out. And they
6: played – I mean our audience is not exactly the demographic of the band, but it's very well done. Um, and they, they played great. There were 4,000 women at this convention. It's a convention called Blog Her, which I believe is the largest female blogging convention, which is definitely their demographic. And they played this gigantic room, and they nope, just yeah. totally killed it. It was great.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. Bobby, how about you?
5: Um, actually, you- we're ready for that, one. We <laughs> no, you? no, not really,
2: no. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Actually, been like, very, very busy coming to the ends of all these little projects. Uh Trash Music Library is releasing three new CDs in the next couple of weeks. Um, and the um, sample library that I'm doing f- with audio, bro, is pretty much done We're at the alpha stage now and i'm getting some nice feedback from people using it so it's great it's actually uh, really 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 nice
0: i'm
5: gonna hook you up i I hooked up this uh uh showed the steinberg guys came around and showed me their new groove can i tell them yeah i suppose i can uh um well maybe i can't mention that sorry i can't mention that sorry the Steinberg guys came around the other day and I showed it to them and they, they really liked it. So, awesome. Yeah.
1: We'll have to talk later. I will, yeah, definitely. Pagey, Boy, I know, you, I know you've been writing, man. You've been putting some yeah, great... Yeah, I've not it stopped. Times. It's been,
2: you know, same old thing with me. I just can't stop writing. I love it. And uh, in between that, I've just been picking up some instruments that I love. Um, got the uh, theremin, the... Mini Moog Theremin, which is a lot of fun. I've always been a fan of trying to play an instrument like that. That's great fun. And um, I'm doing a few talks at universities and some of the um, music colleges about songwriting. So that's been fun. And... um Forming, getting an office together for my own record label and for my songwriting. So we're we're getting a management office together. So doing those things and around the edges, still writing like a like a madman, which is wonderful. I still feel thrilled every time I try to write a song.
1: And you've got um, you've got a Twitter account
2: now. Yeah, it's like... not really through me. It's through my assistant <laughs> who helps you out, Vanessa. She did that, you know. But you know, I get the, the odd um, pervert right to me. <laughs> and I Just me, really. I just, yeah, and I I wrote back to Bobby, you know. said, so just love each other. Hello, love. Do do this with your gut about, yeah, and yeah, you'll be exactly. all right. At, at your... At your... Uh, Touch yourself here and be a good day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You can keep that in, can't you? I mean? That's the title of my last song. We're going to
3: get the explicit label <laughs> That's on this right. podcast.
2: Colin's going to have a hard time on this
1: What are this you one. up to, Mikey? Mike? Uh, I'm, I'm about to start... A really great series, and I'm not going to say anything. Nobody can say to- anything. Though.
2: Doing here, everybody's
1: fighting everything. Know. Come I know. on, I just—it's I just, seriously great. Is, isn't it? It good?
5: is so great.
7: That's yeah. what interns s- say. No, I'm serious. You, was, you know what I you are going to say. Really excited about this one. Yeah, it's like it's, really, really excited.
5: Yeah, the, great rest great right, <laughs> well, <that laughs> the rest of you weren't right. All the other stuff you saying, but this one
2: is this one's worth it. Yeah, no, this but it's it's gonna be fine.
1: I'll sell it as soon as I start. As soon as we go into production, well, as soon as we go into mix, because right now I'm just getting all the. Stuff so that I can look at the sound design and things like that, but I will definitely talk about it. But it's kind of fun, kind of wrapped up. And I, you know, I got all my tools and I converted all my computers that I needed to get and uh, just up and running. Took a vacation, guys. Vacations they're really important, you should take them. And and I'll tell you something, I I gotta mention this, and I I wish I would have done this earlier, but. I went to Mount St. Helens and I don't know if you guys ever been to Mount St. Helens but it is – you can get within five miles where the lookout is and you see this mountain that exploded and I was thinking, could you imagine the – audio just the sound of that happening i mean it was he just... thought about? all these people died it was so it's so awesome it's so big i mean nature What's is so big? big oh you, just, you just the swept. explosion oh, and uh, just the power and you know we you know we get excited by little <laughs> booms that we do another drink. big explosion <laughs> We've heard them, Mike. They're only just making the copies. All films are made of big explosions. What's the big deal about this? Okay, I'm reading the room and I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to surrender. I've got enough of this. I'm going. All right, well, anyhow. Well, uh, um, if you need to get in touch with us, once again, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And for myself and all the guys. Well, wait, before we go, i got to say thank you, Colin, for coming back. He's back on board. So Yay! let's like Colin Yay! Board. Yay! And also, Christy, you did a great yes, job this yes, summer. Yes, Christy. Yay! Yay! I'm going to miss you. Him, back to soon, right? But uh, was yes, on Friday. Oh, probably. How, yeah.
7: yes. how, how long did
2: you work with Matt?
7: Um, For the past... So- two months oh you poor summer uh, you,
1: oh, you, you, great
0: yeah, sorry oh okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: one thing to all students who are listening please listen to absolute like take everything to heart because these you want to be in these seats one day these people are amazing and it's just the advice <laughs> that they can give you
1: is all is,
7: lies. is really, really great, and you should all take it to heart. Don't let it blow over you, please. Oh, oh that's, oh, that's nice. My that's favorite human good. being. That's that's right.
8: that's Can't that. top
1: that. <laughs> Can't top that. All right, well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
6: Listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel voice processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.